0: Grace, mercy, and peace are yours through the Triune God. Whether you're listening from far away or next to beautiful Seneca Lake, we hope that through the reading and proclaiming of Scripture, you hear God's wisdom, challenge, and blessing for you today. If you're able to worship with us, On Sunday mornings at 9.30 a.m., we at Hector Presbyterian Church would love to share Christ's peace with you.
1: and Aaron in the desert. The Israelites said to them, Oh, how we wish that the living one had just put us to death while we were still in the land of Egypt. There we could sit by the pots cooking meat and eat our filled bread. Instead, you brought us out into this desert to starve this whole assembly to death the living one spoke to Moses. I've heard the complaints of the Israelites. Tell them, at twilight, you will eat meat, and in the morning, you will have your fill of bread. Then you will know that I am the living one, your God. In the evening, a flock of quail flew down and covered the camp. And in the morning, there was a layer of dew the camp. When the layer of dew lifted, there on the desert surface were thin flakes, as thin as frost on the ground. When the Israelites saw it, they said to each other, what is it? They didn't know what it was. Moses said to them, this is the bread that the living one has given you to eat. This is what the living one has commanded Collect as much of it as each of you can eat, one homer per person. You may collect for the number of people in your household. The Israelites did as Moses said, some collecting more, some less. But when they measured it out by the omen, the ones who had collected more had nothing left over, and the ones who had collected less had no shortage. Everyone collected just as much as they could eat. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. God. Our second reading comes from the Gospel of John. The next day, the crowd that remained on the other side of the lake realized that only one boat had been there. They knew Jesus hadn't gone with his disciples but that the disciples had gone alone. Some boats came from Tiberias near the place where they had eaten the bread, over which the Lord had given thanks. When the crowd saw that neither Jesus nor his disciples were there, they got into the boats and came to Capernaum looking for Jesus. When they found him on the other side of the lake, they asked Jesus, Rabbi, when did you get here? Jesus replied, I assure you that you are looking for me, not because you saw a miraculous sign, but because you ate all the food you wanted. Don't work for the food that doesn't last, but for the food that endures for eternal life, which the human one will give you. Abba, God, has confirmed the human one as God's agent to give life. They asked, what must we do in order to accomplish what God requires? Jesus replied, this is what God requires, that you believe in the one whom God sent. They asked, what? miraculous signs will you do that we can see and believe you? What will you do? Our ancestors ate manna in the wilderness just as it is written. He gave them bread from heaven to eat. Jesus told them, I assure you, it wasn't Moses who gave the bread from heaven to you, but my Abba gives you the true bread from heaven. The bread of God is the one who comes down from heaven and gives life to the world. They said, Sir, give us this bread all the time. Jesus replied, I am the bread of life. Whoever comes to me will never go hungry, and whoever believes in me will never be thirsty. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God.
0: What are you doing here? Just moments before, the roar of a lawnmower rang in the ears of my friend, Heidi Olson. Now her question drifted in the dry heat of a July afternoon in 2002. What are you doing here? Heidi knew what she was doing at the Presbyterian Church in Fairfield, Washington. She was mowing, covering for me while my family was on vacation in Philadelphia. So when she saw my father, the pastor, pull into the parking lot when he was supposed to be taking photos of his son at the Liberty Bell, Of course, Heidi asked, what are you doing here? She didn't know then that I had asked a very similar question a few weeks prior. When I caught my parents browsing through houses online, what are you doing? on two different July afternoons to two different 15-year-olds. My father had to explain that we were moving to Philadelphia. Dad had flown back to Fairfield to share the news with church leaders that he had accepted a call at a new congregation. But first, He had to break the news to my best friend since the third grade. What are you doing here? We can hear the same tone of confusion from the confounded crowds in our scripture readings. Rabbi, when did you get here? Those hungry people don't know that Jesus walked across the waters of the Galilee Sea the night before. How could they? What is it? Moses had promised the Israelite community bread, but all they can see when the morning dew lifts from the desert surface are white flakes, thin as frost this is the bread that the living one provided later generations called it manna because in hebrew manna literally means what is this what is this they asked you could call it manna like the hungry crowds around jesus did When they remembered how their ancestors were sustained in the wilderness, you could call it a miracle, following right on the heels of a sea split into and formerly enslaved folks claiming their freedom. Or you could call it mercy, the old-fashioned word we use to talk about God's never giving up on us love. Talk about love. When the Israelites wailed that they would starve in the desert, the creator didn't scold them or say, hey, quit it with the attitude. No, instead, God provided them a daily dose of logic-defying love Every morning, whether grateful or groaning, the people gathered manna, each person fed by a half-gallon's worth of mystery bread. But when the sun started to beat down on them, the flaky substance melted away. Huh. Well, that doesn't sound sustainable. Sure, it looks like there's enough for all, but... Can't be too careful, right? Oh, but friends, try stockpiling extra mana and you're in for a stinky surprise. More than a few households opened their bread boxes the next day and encountered a bloom of multi hued mold with worms wriggling around the rotten mess. Ugh. Manna, like mercy, is not a limited resource. Manna, like mercy, does not run out. I can't mess up so bad that God will cut me off, and I can't prove how worthy I am to receive. Manna, like mercy, does not depend on merit, How could it, when the Spirit time and again shows us that we are saved and sustained by grace alone? Take it from Jesus, God's love made flesh and bone. Listen to what the bread of life says. This is what God requires that you believe in, that you trust the one whom God sent. Trust. Trust that manna will cover the ground tomorrow morning, though you can think of any number of reasons why God would say, that's it, I'm fed up. Trust that heaven's bread isn't confined to a long ago story but is walking around on two feet, is alive and active now, even intruding in your life to demand, like a loving grandmother, that you eat something. Trust that God's love knows no bounds, no hunger too great, no pain too deep, No questions too skeptical. Great is thy faithfulness, the old hymn rehearses. Morning by morning, new mercies I see. I hum that hymn from time to time because I need reminding that God's love isn't like coffee or cereal or toilet paper. It isn't something to stock up on. God's gracious presence is here with you and with me every single day. I need that reminder because I am about to make a huge transition. My husband, Gerald, has accepted the call to be a pastor to a lovely Lutheran church, Minneapolis, Minnesota. Without a doubt, I believe that Minneapolis is where God is calling Yeto. But Minneapolis is just over one thousand miles away from a place I love, a people I love. Marriage is its own kind of vocation. And so, after prayer and discussion, we've decided that we will head west together in just over a month. It is a hard decision. It is a heartbreaking decision because I love being a pastor in Hector. I love being your pastor. I love encouraging our kids to splash around in the baptismal font. I love trading stories with seniors who gather for lunch on Thursdays. I cherish the honor of proclaiming God's promises at graveside and marveling at God's grace in this pulpit. I love catching Jesus out of the corner of my eye at Hector Wine Company, or Solera, at home with the eclectic collection of neighbors we are so blessed to have. I didn't have to catch a plane from Philadelphia to share the news with our leaders here. Over the last week, I have made phone call after phone call assuring each person, that I had plans to make the transition smooth and strong, lining up guest preachers, setting goals, writing out how-to guides for everything from ordering candles to streaming worship online. Are these plans a labor of love? I think so. Can you detect a hint of anxiety underneath the confidence? I bet money on it. You see, I worry that I won't be enough, that I'll leave you stranded in the desert, that I will fail the people I love. That's why I need to keep humming that hymn. Mm -hmm. Great is thy faithfulness, great is thy faithfulness, morning by morning, New mercies I see. Come along with me. All I have needed, thy hand hath provided. Great is thy faithfulness, Lord, unto me. It is not my hand or your hand that scatters manna on the desert floor. It is the living one who sustains us every day. I hope that my carefully laid out plans will make the transition easier, but they certainly won't be enough. And that's okay because enough is in God's wheelhouse. Don't work for the food that doesn't last, Jesus riddles, but work for the food that endures for eternal life. That sounds daunting to me at first, until I remember that the work is not backbreaking labor. It's learning how to trust. Trust that Abba God nourishes us first and foremost, through Jesus' presence among us in the power of the Holy Spirit. Trust that God is serving up a full helping of logic-defying love, providing for us in a way that might make us go, huh, what is going on? You won't be lacking for love, Hector. I trust that. You won't be lacking for love, and neither will I. I can't say that it was my plan to be a pastor during a pandemic, but I can look back and see how God scattered manna in my desert places of despair. I recognize Jesus walking alongside us, occasionally speaking to me in one of your voices. So I'll say thank you. And I'll keep saying thank you to my last Sunday next month and beyond. Thank you, God, for these people. Thank you, Hector, for letting me be your pastor Thanks be for the living bread that Jesus gives us, God's own love, to keep us going when we think we can't. What is it? It is daily manna. It is an ordinary miracle. It is divine mercy, which the triune God provides through sheer grace. For such grace, let us give all glory and all gratitude to God, creator of the sun and soil, Christ, the bread of life, Spirit, who bids us come and dine. Amen.